Hello guys, um, just before we crack on with the this week's podcast, we just wanted to come on and react to the breaking news this evening, which has broken obviously after we recorded the main show last night, and that is that Carney Chukwameka has finally agreed to leave the club, or the, the club have agreed to sell him, um, and it's broken tonight that a fee has been agreed with Chelsea. Um, of all teams, uh, for around fifteen to twenty million pounds for for Carney Chukwemeka to to head down to Stamford Bridge, um, complete his medical and complete the move. Um, obviously, we covered this in the main podcast, so we just wanted to come on um, and 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 just do a quick discussion before the podcast, just to just to keep it up to date. Um, I'm joined by Craig. Craig. Um, what 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 do you think of this? What do you think of this news? What's your what's your reaction? I, I think really um, really disappointing news on the one hand. For as an Aston Villa fan, I think that uh, Carney Chukwemeka is um, is poised to become or has the opportunity to become the, the next breakout star from the academy. Um, after Jacob Ramsey has done so well, I think Carney maybe maybe has the the potential to go perhaps even further. And um, for us to lose kind of the, uh, the 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 crown jewel of our academy, as uh, as Perslow described him a couple of years ago as the best sixteen year old in the country, uh, to lose him now at eighteen years of age is is disappointing. But also, as I, I tweeted earlier, tinged with um, an understanding of the reality based on where we were with him having just an, uh, a year left on his deal. Uh, for us to extract such a transfer fee, and hopefully we also have, um, um, if not a buyback clause, but at least a, a sell-on clause in there as well. At least Villa get to participate in the um, in 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 his value moving forward. But um, no real way to spin this for me, other than disappointing news, because this guy I think can go can go to the very very top of the game. Yeah, it's it's always disappointing when a such a talented prospect leaves the club. I suppose um, I guess it's something that's quite unusual for us. Even though obviously only only twelve months ago we 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 took hundred million off uh, Man City for Jack Grealish, who was a, obviously an academy product as well. But but this is I think part of the part of the um, model uh, of the academy is to make it profitable and not every player from that academy is going to is going to go on to play for for Villa or to make an impact for Villa obviously the the, the feeling is that Carney is certainly you know certainly would have done in the in the in the short to medium term probably and um would have probably come been coming into the side certainly this season more and more um there's obviously an issue he's he's he doesn't want to play for villa and i've always maintained that when when a player genuinely doesn't want to be at the at the club or wants to be elsewhere i'd rather they weren't there because it's um you know it, it, it's not the best for anyone really um he's made that abundantly clear with his actions uh, as much as anything and um it, it's not it's not a great situation Having said that, as we'll discuss later in the, if you carry on listening to the podcast, we'll discuss this. You know, to get upwards of fifteen million for someone that could have gone for a bag of balls and a couple of wagon wheels in January, um, I think it's uh, 
I mean, goodness knows that you know there must have been something spooked Chelsea to 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 splash that kind of money out. I think for him, and um, I think uh, I think I think they've done a great deal considering how it could have been in January. What do you think of the fee? Um, I think that it's it's a great bargain for Chelsea. I think that um, you know uh, Nottingham Forest are signing Liverpool's fifth choice right back for comparable numbers. Um, and uh, so, so, so this kind of level of fee is really nothing when this is a player again that, that could be. It's not hyperbolic. I don't think to suggest if he fulfills his potential. Big if, obviously, a lot can go wrong. A lot can go wrong. But if he fulfills his potential, we're looking at probably a, a, a 70, 80, 90 million pound player. So for them to pick him up now for, for 20 million is is a bargain. It's pretty pretty low risk for them. Uh, 20 million is, an, is, is a kind of price they can afford to write off. They've certainly done so with the likes of uh, their uh, 75 million pound goalkeeper, Kepa, uh, Timo Werner, a 60 million signing uh, that didn't work out. <laughs> Shevchenko, Torres. I mean, we can go on and on with Chelsea's... Uh, kind of profligate spending that, that, that they're not worried about 20 million pounds but what they have bought is again as someone who could potentially be at the cornerstone of their midfield for for 10 years to come but I imagine why Chelsea have jumped in is for that reason I think that it's worth paying the 20 million now rather than risk an, an auction developing next summer or in January for Carney's services um, you get the you get the player in you get him under your roof you get him into training, you get him in, in, in the Chelsea system. And um, I think it makes sense for Chelsea to do this a year ahead of, ahead of time and, and good business from their point of view, because for sure in January, the, the numbers could start to get ridiculous in terms of clubs trying to outbid each other with, with certain packages and whatever. So I think Chelsea have, have been quite shrewd here. Yeah, that's certainly one way of looking at it. I think from Villa's perspective, it's it's the best outcome they could have they could have got because clearly the the lad wasn't going to sign. He didn't want to stay. Um, he's 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 obviously made the most of of, of being at Villa for the last um, two or three seasons, um, you know. And he's 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 got a big move, and now it's up to him to to show that he is worth that move. You know, he's got a lot of work to do. Um, he, he he, you know, he he had one or two chances. You know, probably not as many chances as he as he perhaps wanted last season. Um, yeah. And he's he, he he wasn't great. He wasn't you know didn't rip up any trees. But he's 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 got a lot of development in him, hasn't he? Um, he's got he's got all the tools. He's got all the all the talent in the world. So he 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 should be he should go on to be a a big success. Yeah. Um, and it is kind of our loss. But but like you know, just like we take we take young players off off other teams. You know that's kind of what's happened here to us. And um, I do I would say that. You know, if we if we add it up, um, hundred twenty million from the academy in the last twelve months isn't isn't a bad return. Although a uh, hundred of that has obviously ripped the ripped the heart out of the team for last season as well. So, you know, it's not all good. But um, yeah, and I think pure numbers, we, it's it, it stacks up. It, it is it is good, and 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 it allows us to go reinvest. Obviously, that that we've been busy again. Uh, Feeney's in uh, the young lad. I think Rory Wilson from Rangers. A young lad from Dundee as well, so so that recruitment continues. And for FFP purposes, uh, Carney's going to be pretty much mostly all profit. I imagine Northampton get a piece of this uh, fifteen or twenty million pie as well. I would assume. Um, but 
overall, it, it is good to to for Villa to finally be able to sell some players. You know, Matt Target now as well as has gone. We got a bit of money for Trezeguet, and um, so we're we're finally able to we're finally able it, we're finally in a position to be able to generate transfer fees for our players, and that is uh, that is a. That's light years away from where where we were. I think Andy, you and I have a slightly different interpretation of, of of events in terms of Carney not wanting to play for the club. I think it's the opposite. I think he really wanted to play for the Aston Villa, didn't get a chance or a fair chance. But we talk about that in more detail in the show. But um, yeah, uh, 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 for me, a disappointing day for Aston Villa. But again, given the circumstances, really the best outcome we could have hoped for, um, considering how things have gone. Yeah, and um, just before we wrap up and move on to the main show, um, interesting that as the as the uh, news broke, um, Cameron Archer tweeted a picture of himself in the Villa shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if that's the kind of timing we can expect from Archer, we'll be we'll be all right this season. Um, but no, thank thanks for that, Craig. Um, good to jump on and just clarify that and uh, and add it onto the show. Um, but yeah. Thank you for uh, thank you for indulging us, listener, and um, enjoy ser- series four, episode one, which is coming up after this. Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Aimed in towards Archer. That's a fabulous header. Oh, the Titans, but it's the flick on. Gather around villains and a warm welcome back to Gather Around the Lamp, our Aston Villa podcast delivered to you by underagaslitlamp.com. We're of course on the eve of a new season after what seems like a really short summer um, and we've got much to discuss as we build up to the big kickoff on Saturday by the sea in Bournemouth. I'm Andy and today it's a warm welcome back to Craig and Dan. That's why they call me Slim Shady. I'm back. Um, I'm not really Slim Shady. I am Craig and I'm back on the podcast, delighted and delirious as ever. Um, yeah. Woo. Feeling good. New season. Hi. <laughs> Hi, listeners. Dan here. Good to be back. I mean, what you won't hear is the pre-season that Andy's put us through. Craig and I have been running laps. We've been been doing double sessions on the mic. So hopefully all that all that build up will pay off with this pod or it'll just come across as amateur because we're a little bit rusty after the summer off. Yeah, it might be the second one, I think. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Bear with us, please, listener. That would be that would be good. But you had a good good summers, boys. What you been up to? Well, you know, um, what have I been up to? You know, child rearing and uh, just went on a little uh, <laughs> a trip, uh, nice little vacay, as uh, if you will, and just generally trying to cling on to any kind of semblance of sanity um, that, that, that that I have. But no, it's been a good summer, nice and hot, uh, feeling pre- feeling pretty good. Yeah, vacation, eating too much, drinking too much. This is my favourite time of year as a Villa fan, though, because the the realism of of football hasn't yet disappointed us. We're second in the table. I'm happy all summer. We can just keep this for as long as it will last. And it's it's only come Saturday at three three o'clock that the inevitable disappointment kicks in. 
it's a really strange thing. It's I've 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 really been enjoying the summer of of no football, and I've been watching golf, cricket, tennis. Just look, just absolutely loving it. Really enjoying it until last night. And we anything else you've been watching, Andy? No. Just any any other physical? I, I no? watch a okay. lot of physical sport. Um, All right, but uh, I don't do much. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and last night as well. We must must let's just uh, give a give a mention to the to the lionesses um, who 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 won the Euros last night, which was tremendous. You know, the first the first major trophy for an England team, of course, since since nineteen sixty six, of course. And uh, yeah, a couple of couple of Villa players, Hannah Hampton. Um, the goalkeeper, uh, reserve goalkeeper for England, and Jill Scott, who made an appearance, and she she was on loan at Villa last season. So, huge congratulations! It was a it was a, a tremendous tournament and a and, and a and a great win for the uh, for the girls. Did you you boys you boys follow that last couple of weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I had the rare, real pleasure yesterday of watching the final with my my wife and my um, my daughter. And my wife shed a tear afterwards. It was it was quite emotional actually. Um, just seeing um, just seeing the the kind of celebrations afterwards at, at, at Wembley really, in stark contrast to the scenes last year. Some of the kind of toxicity that we saw at the uh, men's Euro finals really just washed away with, 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 with love and, and, and joy. And it was just, it was just a, without being too soppy about it. It's a real wonderful moment and, and keeping the water theme going. I think it will be a watershed moment for, um, for women's football in, in, in England. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great. Go. And it's the, the thing for me is I'm glad that the men's team didn't win it last year. Cause it feels like an appropriate way to break, the, the cup hoodoo as it were by, by having a breath of fresh air come in and crazy right the fans were amazing the players were so fun to watch when they won just pure joy pure unbridled joy and and they played the whole tournament like that and it's um yeah a fantastic summer of, of sport and kind of disappointing it's coming to an end but also excited to get back to the nine to five of, of villa yeah and of course i mean we're, we're going to get on to that now but the thing that struck me was the the way they fought for each other and they fought Behind the, the 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 captain Williamson, who I think is a tremendous player, and obviously um, the, the the manager, what you know, they they just did it for for each other, didn't they? And that's what we want to see more of um, from Aston Villa going into the season. And with that in mind, Stephen Gerrard, of course, has has named a new captain in an attempt to 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 galvanise, I think, or to to offer a bit more. Or a, a, certainly a different style of leadership with um, Tyro Mings stepping aside and John McGinn being being appointed as the as the Villa captain. Um, obviously, a couple of weeks out from the season, um, we knew that there was, you know, perhaps something something uh, some sort of change afoot. Whether, whether it was going to be, um, you know, an existing player or whether someone was going to be coming in to to kind of take the armband, but. Um, Gerard has kind of, I think, as expected, really. Uh, certainly, from my point of view, has gone with with McGinn. Um, I just wonder what what you guys sort of think of this. Think of of the selection um, and the timing, and 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 really, what does what do you think? Come to Craig first, but what do you think? Um, 
Gerard sees in McGinn in particular for this role? Um, I I think I, well, I said I said on Twitter that I was slightly disappointed with the move for for a couple of reasons. Mings, we'll, we'll talk about in in a second. Um, but McGinn, I feel is a player that, um, I, as I may have mentioned on this podcast before, that has some 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 shortcomings, some inconsistencies. Really, really talented, really good player, really ferocious, tenacious, tenacious a really incredible character, which is, I think to your question, Andy, is what Gerard sees in him, a really infectious character, someone who you'd love to go for a, a pint with and, and, and a bag of chips uh, on a Friday night. You know, we I think we'd all love to spend an afternoon in John McGinn's company. He seems like that kind of guy. However, on the football pitch, um, as I say, I, I, I think that he's a player whose place in the team shouldn't be guaranteed. I don't think based on his performances last season and also based on his performances in preseason, quite frankly, that John McGinn should be a guaranteed starter for this Aston Villa side. And the captaincy, although I know Gerard kind of dismissed these suggestions, but the captaincy does kind of normally mean that you're going to be playing. Um, so that's my only real concern with it um, in terms of McGinn. But in terms of the character, He's a really lively, bubbly personality, and I can see that his enthusiasm could be really infectious for the rest of the team. Yeah, it's an odd one for me. I mean, whether I agree as McGinn as captain or not, I, I, I don't think the captain's arm makes a huge amount of difference. It's a bit of fabric you wrap around someone's arm. I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference to Premier League footballers, but it's the psychology of it that really interests me. I think, as Craig mentioned, I don't like the idea of John McGinn as a guaranteed starter, and and like it or not, the captain's armband does just kind of suggest that, which is maybe why it's been taken away from Mings. But I'm trying to see the positive side of it and and seeing it almost as as when Dean Smith gave gave Jack Grealish a captain's armband. He didn't scream captain material, but he knew it would take him to another level. And I'm hoping that Gerard's seen that with McGinn and that he's he's thinking that by giving him the armband, it will encourage that consistency and that maturity that I know Craig and I more than once last year cried out for from him. The big thing for me, though, is, is what it says about Mings' future. I think particularly... Martinez and Carlos as vice captains, Ming's nowhere near that. Maybe that's because it would seem too much like a demotion to, to just put him in as vice captain, but it just seems an odd move for me. And, and whilst Ming's handled it fantastically on Twitter, said all the things that you'd expect a man like Tyrone Ming's to say, I can't quite shake the feeling that it means that he's either going to be dropped or sold before before the window closes. And and that doesn't exactly fill me with, with joy. I think um, I can see why McGinn's chosen, but I feel hard for Tyrone. He's, I don't think he's deserved losing the armband and and for the fans who love to blame him for everything it's it's one less thing for them to blame the bad results on that yeah it was <clears throat> i kind of i kind of um have a slightly different take first of all i think i think gerard probably to some extent sees a little bit of himself in in mcginn you know that kind of very kind of all action box to box um you know very attack minded and a midfielder who who kind of plays on the edge a lot, you know. Everything Gerard did was about winning games, wasn't it? And and I I feel like McGinn, to to some extent, is 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 very similar to that. Obviously, we're talking about a player of an entirely different level. Um, you can't really compare the two in terms of quality, but you know certainly the type of midfielder he was, and maybe he feels that that kind of that kind of all action approach. Um, will rub off on the rest of the team, whereas Tyrone is very much a, 
um, you know, a, a far more relaxed, composed kind of character, isn't he? And you know, he's he's um, although you know incredibly vocal on the field, and I don't think that will change. I don't think I don't think that that will change with Mings, but. You know, I did hear, um, uh, you know, another point of view which suggested that maybe this is something that that Mings has has not requested as such, but maybe thinks is a good idea for himself and his own his own game. You know, maybe he did, he 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 felt, you know, perhaps his game suffered a little bit from being captain. I'm not so sure about that. Really, I thought generally he he was he was very good last season i don't think it was you know they they were, they were, he did too much wrong um and he led the team really well but i wonder whether he's focusing on the world cup and thinking actually i just like to focus on my own game and give myself the best opportunity of getting in the england squad and and um you know maybe losing the captaincy is is, is part of that the other aspect might be that we, we, we don't know do we or there might be a you know something in the pipeline to, to that regard because I don't think he's ever signed a new contract since he signed at the club and he must only have one or two years to go and I think he's got a couple of years left and and I mean we have five centre-backs at the moment don't forget and um, Chambers has had a fantastic pre-season so Gerard's got a headache there and you imagine Mings isn't going to get another contract at the end of this so so maybe this this summer is the time to cash in on Mings but yeah. I mean I don't, do you boys actually think whoever's our captain is going to have an impact on where we finish in the table is it, does it am I being too simplistic does it does it change things I think it can change things. I think we saw with, um, uh, I think Andy already mentioned, uh, well, no, sorry, you, Daniel, mentioned, sorry, I don't want to give credit to the wrong person. The Jack Grealish uh, captaincy was a masterstroke by Dean Smith and was actually transformational for player and club. But I think those examples are few and far between, quite frankly. And I think that um, John McGinn, with all due respect to John McGinn, he does not have the ability of a Jack Grealish. They're not, they're not really swimming in the same pool, so to speak. <laughs> so for, for John McGinn to go on and be a Jack Grealish type kind of uh, Pied Piper leading us to glory is, is going to be challenging just because I don't think he has that, that level. Um, but, you know, it is an opportunity for John McGinn. John McGinn has real quality. He is a very good player. And um, can he now do what we want him to do, which is succeed and succeed consistently and, and, and increase that consistency to be the midfielder that we need moving forward in the Premier League. And also, if he can retain possession a bit more, that will also be be pleasant. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say, you talked about McGinn for about five minutes without mentioning passing stats. That's... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, 75% pass completion for anyone who's paying attention, which is, which but is about, which is, I think is 11% less than Jordan Henderson who plays in a, in a similar position. And Jordan Henderson is, is hardly, um, you know, he's hardly Socrates out there. So it, it is kind of important that if we want to control games in the midfield, as I think we do with the likes of Kamara coming in, I think Gerard does want to be a more possession based team. Um, McGinn's pass completion just has to improve. It's really, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to keep talking about this. I'm, I'm <laughs> not going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder whether that that kind of harks to the the kind of um, 
what I said about about him and the way he plays, you know, that, that kind of playing on the edge. I suppose we've said it about Mings as well, haven't we? You know, one of the reasons he he, he perhaps is a little bit error prone is because he does he does play on the fringes and, and, and on the very edge of, of, of his capability. So um you're gonna you, you're gonna make errors in that regard. You know, everyone could every player could be Ashley Westwood and pass it sideways for ninety minutes um and never lose the ball. But the, the you know you you never progress as a as a as a player or a team really doing that and I think um, McGinn's certainly not that he he his his whole outlook is about doing things to win the match and occasionally you're going to give the ball away although um I, with I, I don't know whether you guys saw the saw the the Rens game at the weekend the, he, there were a couple of times he he really did cough up possession very cheaply in difficult areas and. Yeah, Very he, he nearly, caused, well, um, yeah, and we saw we saw problems. McGinn do this. McGinn gets away with it um, for for most Villa fans in a way that Mings and and, and Douglas Louise doesn't. But he did it. He did it. He did do it in the friendly. He gave a, and, and it should have been a goal. Um, they went to the other end, and 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 I think the, the the forward for the for the French side missed a tame effort straight at Martinez, and that should have been two one to them. And he does do that. He did it. I think twice in the Wolves game for two two goals. He. And and the problem is when we have um, when we have kind of marauding marauding fullbacks, for example, there's just so you can't lose the ball in those kind of areas without really exposing yourself to some problems. And we saw that again at, at the weekend. But this is again, I'm I'm positive here, guys. I'm going to be positive. This is McGinn's opportunity to kick on and cut out these errors, and I'm backing him to do it. Yeah. And anything on the, um, the 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 vice captain um, appointments as well? Obviously, Emmy Martinez and and, and Diego Carlos being uh, being named by Gerard as vice captains. Any any, I mean, anything on that? Any take on that? I think Martinez is unfortunate to not get the armband. I think he'd make a great captain for us. The Carlos one's interesting because he's he's so new at the club, but all all the noises coming out of preseason is that, that he's not just a mountain of a man on the pitch. Off the pitch too, he's he's great fun, and the players really look up to him. So, look, if we signed a leader, then then great because we we've lacked leadership throughout this team for a while. Not just in in the captaincy role, but but throughout the team, we've lacked leaders. So, but it is an odd one for a player that new to be given that level of responsibility because as, as you boys have been been saying like McGinn will miss some games this year whether through rotation or the inevitable suspension so um, you know he might might get the arm mad or that said Martinez isn't going to miss a game is he so <laughs> we hope but yeah fingers <laughs> crossed I'm going to touch all the pieces of wood around me here just sorry to... yeah Mart- Martinez probably also would have been been my choice um, moving forward um, for, for, for the captaincy but um you know, it, it it is what it is. I think that the 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 thing I would like to say is I just really a, a, a public thank you to Tyrone Mings. Um, I think he's been a really wonderful player for Aston Villa. I hope the journey isn't over, and I, I don't think it is over thus far. And but also off the pitch, he's just been an incredible ambassador. I know that his um, political leanings and some of the some of the societal issues that he's commented on have. Um, drawn the wrath and the ire of some of the Villa fan base um, but I think for someone to have such strong views and to articulate them so well and safely and 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 for him to be so supportive of so many 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 causes generally 
causes where underrepresented people are kind of being um, thought about really makes makes me proud as an Aston Villa fan to have had Tyrone Mings as, as the captain. Love him as a man, love him as a footballer too. And um, I hope that he stays at Aston Villa for, for the rest of his career, quite frankly. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd echo that. I've said before that he embodies um, everything that I want Aston Villa to stand for. Um, and that's why he has been, you know, if not a successful captain, certainly a great captain for the club because, um, you know, he, he absolutely does that. And whatever the decision, however the decision has been made, I, I my hope is that he's okay with it. And it actually puts him in a position of strength because I want him to go to the World Cup with England because I just think he thoroughly deserves it. When you look at, I mean, whatever his form for England, I don't think, has he, has he been on the pitch when England have conceded a goal in any of the times he's played? I mean, it's 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 just um, his, his performances for England have, have been excellent and I don't think warranted him being dropped in the summer, but then I was quite glad he wasn't involved in that in that. Uh, in that uh, debacle, to be honest, but you know he's. Um, I, I, I hope he's. I hope he's okay, and I hope he stays, and I hope he goes to the World Cup. I think is what I'm trying to say, in a roundabout way. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but one person who uh, who is apparently staying for for sure is Cameron Archer. We've just um, a bit of news broken tonight, seemingly that um, Stephen Gerrard has told. Uh, uh, a reporter that he uh, he intends to keep Cameron Archer at the club um, beyond the transfer window to to obviously be part of the squad and and be a be an option um, up front and of course we look at the, we look at the strikers we have Ollie Watkins Danny Ings who on paper should be you know if not a great partnership certainly um, producing perhaps more than they have done. Um, over the last season, um, in terms of numbers, in terms of goals, um, Danny Ings has taken the the number nine shirt, which is interesting. And I think um, I wonder if 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 he's kind of pushing ahead in in that debate. If we if we are going to play with one, just the one central striker. Um, but but what do you think about the um, the inclusion of, of of Cameron Archer? Do you think he he perhaps should have gone gone back out on loan or? Um, I'll come to you, Dan. What 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 do you think um, with this news tonight? I'm pleased, if I'm honest. Um, I think the five subs rule makes a big difference this year. You're allowed an extra couple of men on the bench and, and you're going to get extra minutes for players who maybe wouldn't have got those minutes last year. So I think we need a third striker at the club who's going to going to push the other two and and Cameron Archer is a man who's got a goal in him um I wrote a piece for the site that I think went up today in, in which I said goals is possibly Aston Villa's biggest problem going into the season and and if we're going to improve on last season we need to start scoring a few more in theory in Danny Ings and, and Ollie Watkins you've you've got those goals but but as we've seen play out the theory doesn't actually translate into reality and and Ings hasn't set the world on fire and and Watkins has had his issues in front of goal so I think having an extra player there to push those two and someone who's got an eye for goal got a knack for goal that we can turn to either to start the odd game or come on as a sub I think is a good thing um whether we want to base our, our goal-scoring exploits around a, a 20-year-old who's who's kind of not got tons of Premier League experience is a different thing entirely. But I think 
as much as I'm not on board for the five sub role, people like Cameron Archer and, and maybe the likes of, of Aaron Ramsey or Chuck Womenka are, are an example of why it's going to be a good thing for Aston Villa this season. And, and I think he'll do better sticking around with us than he would going on loan to Cardiff or something. No offence to Phil Jean Bidace who's gone on loan to Cardiff. Wow. But. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Cardiff fans. I mean, I, I doubt we've got Cardiff fans listening to us. I think they've they've stumbled across the wrong podcast. If they are, we have all kinds of listeners. Cardiff Don't fans. worry about that. Um, I would I would say that Archer is is probably closer to starting Premier League games than, than people think. I think that uh, Watkins has been somewhat out of sorts. It would probably be fair to say in preseason. Uh, Danny Ings has. Um, I'm trying to not say this in a in a negative. Well, there's no way to really phrase it. Danny Ings <laughs> cannot be relied upon to be fit for a whole season because his body won't allow that. Um, not that he's going to be, you know, he's going to miss probably five, ten, fifteen games here or there. That's just how his body kind of is at this point in time. So, with that in mind. Cameron Archer isn't necessarily too far away from starting Premier League games. And I think that's going to be important. I think that if he's going to be staying, he needs to get Premier League minutes. Otherwise, the momentum that he has and the progress that he's making is going to be lost. If he's an unused substitute for 35 games on the bench in the Premier League, I think that's going to hamper his development um, as opposed to him going on loan for, for to uh, another championship club, other than Cardiff, obviously, for a year. Um <laughs> So I think that um, it would be, it's going to be to his benefit, but he has to get some minutes somewhere. And I'm not just talking about in round three of the Carabao Cup. Yeah, I mean, he will, he will play in the Cup, won't he? That's, that is one thing. And he may even, he may even be able to play in the, in the Papa John's, um, you know, (laughs) which uh, he absolutely tore up last season. So, so that, you know, that's, that's another perhaps reason to keep him around. But I think, I don't know. Just whenever, whenever he plays in a match, and whenever, whenever we watch him play, um, you know he seems to score. He seems. I'm, I'm surprised if he doesn't score. I was surprised he didn't score when he came on in the friendly on on Saturday. But he scored against Warsaw. He scored the winner at, at Brisbane Raw. He scored um, four or five goals for the England under twenty ones in in the in the summer internationals. You know. He tailed off a little bit, perhaps at the end of the the Preston spell, you know. But he got he got seven seven or eight goals there, and was it all told sort of ten between the Papa Johns and the and the Carabao Cup at the start of last season as well, and, and one of them was at Chelsea. So always, I don't know. He's just he's burst onto the scene. I didn't even know he was still at the club, kind of this time last last season, um, and I did a piece a couple of weeks ago about Cameron Archer for the website and um, sort of made the point that if uh, if Wesley hadn't been on his way to Club Bruges that day, Archer may not have started the game against Barrow and wouldn't have scored that hat-trick. So it's um, it's been a hell of a rise for him, really. And I think... But I think you've got to... You've, you've got to take advantage of the hot streak. You know, there's no... How... how you know... If you delay and delay and delay, you might lose it. Whereas if you, okay, you, he, they might throw him in. He might be totally out of his depth. You know, it might be like watching Jack Grealish at Man City. But he, at least you know then, don't you? And at least you know then, perhaps in January, another championship loan might be the thing to do and perhaps bring in another striker. But I think there's absolutely nothing to lose by 
by keeping him around and giving him a go because they're, they're clearly going to go with Watkins and Ings as the main two strikers, either together or alternating. Leon Bailey's there, hopefully weighing in with a few because he's looked ultra sharp in pre-season. And I think if you've got Cameron Archer there on the bench as well, you've got a guy that can come on and he just needs a chance and it's in the net. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really excited about it, actually. And I think the other thing I think, Sorry to 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 labour this point, but it will fire a rocket up the other two. I really think that the pressure is on now. And if and if if uh, Watkins and Ings go into the season and they're struggling a bit after three or four games, there's going to be a clamour for Archer because he scores goals, and that's what that's what fans want to see. So you know, I, I wonder if that that makes a difference. What what do you think? He's also got a ready-made emoji right there. I mean, let's not <laughs> yeah. forget the importance of having an emoji that everyone can dump in their WhatsApp groups. Uh, I'll pass over to Craig in a second, but the one thing I'd say is I've been burnt by Villa young strikers before. Stefan Moore, Luke Moore, Nathan Delfonso, Keenan Davis, they've all been the next big thing and then haven't become the next big thing. So I'm not as excited as you yet, Andy, but I am tentatively excited. Darius Vassell did pretty well. Ah, uh, Terry Vassell. Love Terry Vassell. Uh, Darren Byfield, not so much. Although I think he had a good career at Warsaw. Nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, Craig's well, hero, Gabby Agbonlahor. Well. We don't talk about him. And the, um, <laughs> the main thing is that the main thing is here that uh, that that competition for places is, is good. Iron sharpens iron, and um, it's 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 going to be it's going to be it's going to be on. You're right. There's going to be lots of fan pressure. Lots of fans already want to see Buendia starting. <laughs> I don't think he's going to. And I think if Watkins struggles in front of goal, continue. Lots of fans will also want to see Archer staying. Also, a word for the injured Keenan Davis, who may yet have a part to play, although probably not. Craig, are you willing to share the outlandish bet that you're yes. putting on about Keenan? Yes, Davis? I am. I am. Now, I don't gamble, by the way, um, so it's very rare for me to have have a bet, and I'm not endorsing ga- gambling, and nor are we supported by any gambling websites. Um, but I have. I've had a dream. <laughs> I've had a vision, um, kind of Paul Lambert style or Kevin Davis style. Keenan Davis, I think, is going to represent England at the end of his career. When he's kind of 29, 30, 31, I think he's going to get a couple of caps. Um, and yes, I'm going to put £50 on it. And yeah, I, I know. I know how that sounds. That's all. He's gone very quiet. <laughs> no, I think I, do you know what strange things happen don't they and the thing about Keenan is the only thing he's lacking is his goals it's and the fitness. only thing that's missing fitness yeah fitness yeah yeah because he's injured nice again isn't he it would have been play. nice to see how he developed because he was doing so well for Forrest um, really propelled their a really key component of their promotion charge and um, unfortunately you know old uh, his old his, his biscuit legs um, you know went, went all digestive on him <laughs> been dunked in that tea yeah so I mean we'll see I mean you know it's, it's it feels more competitive up, up front than last season and definitely with Bailey I mean what just while we're on that what, what have you what have you made of, of Leon Bailey's resurgence during pre-season Craig I think it's really positive but I don't want to get too carried away he seems to have bulked up he seems to be more physically robust he looks like he's put on a little bit of lean muscle 
and he seems much more physically able to cope with the demands of the Premier League. I think Leon Bailey is not the first player and he won't be the last player to really struggle with the tempo and the physicality of the Premier League. I think it took him by surprise. And obviously, as we saw last season, his body didn't hold up. It's basically what happened. Um, he seems to have gone away and done the work needed um, on on his own time. So Big respect for Bailey for doing that. And he looks to be in a different kind of physical condition. Um, I think the talent was always there. The ability's there. Um, but as we say often, you know, the best ability is availability. And by by reinforcing his core strength, building that lean muscle, I think he's going to be available to show us what he can do. And speed kills. And he is by far Aston Villa's fastest player. And as we saw in the Man United friendly when he was running at the, uh, was it uh, Lindelof? center halves hate that they hate it they can't cope with it they can't deal with it and um and that can be really he can be a real lightning bolt if you like that's a that's a usain bolt reference there you see because they're friends he can be a real lightning bolt for um for aston villa hopefully this season i'm I'm quietly enthusiastic about leon bailey kudos to be our top goal scorer i'm thinking I think a lot depends on Leon Bailey. I mean, he, Craig's right. He said in preseason that he trusts his body more this year, and and you know the biscuit, as, as Craig dubbed him last year, is uh, you know rightfully so. He barely played for. I us. think we changed it to Gingerbread Bailey in the end. Did we change Gingerbread? Sorry, yeah. uh, sorry. Right. Uh, I need to update my references. Yeah, yeah. But he's yeah. I think he's vital to us this season. I think our, our attack suffers from being too much mouth, not enough trousers. And that's, we got a lot of pretty build up, a lot of creative players, not a lot of goal scorers in the team. And, and having him in the same lineup as either Rings or, or Watkins, as, as Craig says, it's another threat. It's pace, it's goals. And, and what's he got free in preseason? Um, he, he's, it's, uh, it's the classic, he's like a new signing because, you know, we didn't get the player we signed for 30 million from Leverkusen last year. Maybe this year we will. And, and if we get a player who's half as good as his last season at Leverkusen, where I think he scored, what, 11 goals, 15 assists, then then he's going to propel Villa up the table. But I think he's going to be very, very important for us. And he's the only Villa player currently in my fantasy Premier League team, by the way. So I don't know if that means anything. That probably means he's going to be terrible. But Yeah, that's, that's put the jinx on that then. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Injured first week. <laughs> okay, don't, don't put him in your fantasy team, guys. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I'm 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 quite excited, but also I think I wonder if Ings and Buendia need to need to be looking at that as well. And I mean, neither of them really made the kind of impact we were hoping for or expecting last season. And you know, we've talked about the strikers, haven't we? You, you know, and Danny Ings, but you know, Buendia certainly needs to step up if he's given the opportunity as well. So. Um, no, not not if he's given the opportunity. I think th- these players need to earn it a little bit, don't they? Then they're, they're, they're in the big boy league, you know. It's not about the manager, you know, giving them time. They've got to go and and, and show they deserve it. And um, you know, he's 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 certainly got an off when they're certainly got an awful lot of competition but I'm sure we'll talk about him more as the as the as the season goes on. Um, I do just want to talk about. Um, a couple of the players that that are perhaps um, not so involved um, as we build towards the Bournemouth game, and in particularly in particular, Carney Chukwemeka, who um, contract contract rebel um, at nineteen years old, um, won't sign a new contract. He's only got a year left 
Um, he was left at home for the the, the Australia tour. Stephen Gerrard was very came out very very strong, uh, saying that um, you know the contract's been there and. You know, at the moment he doesn't he doesn't want to be part of things, so he's, he's he thought it was it was better to leave him at leave him at Bodymore Heath. Um, there is some interest, apparently. Um, we keep hearing uh, how um, Borussia Dortmund and Barcelona and AC Milan are all interested in 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 taking him. Whether whether that's now um, for a, a sizable kind of transfer fee, or whether it'll be it's kind of in a year's time for a. Uh, one of these kind of training compensation uh, fees that gets decided by the by some sort of panel. Um, I'm not sure. Um, what are you What are your thoughts on this, Craig? Um, you know, in terms of where where Carney is now and, and and what the club should do and how they're handling it at the moment. Well, I think that um, I have I've been really steadfast on on here. I think lots of people have been really directing quite a lot of ire at uh, Carney Chokwemeka. Some of it is a little bit unseemly. Uh, grown men, you know, lots of dog whistle type phrases coming out uh, towards Carney, which I don't particularly enjoy. Um, but the main thing I would say is, I completely understand. I'm Team Carney. I said on this podcast at the turn of the year around that time when we were talking about his future for for me there's no reason for him to sign a new deal i think last season aston villa's midfield was was abject we had terrible runs five game losing run under smith one in nine under gerard and then another four game uh, um, um, losing run the midfield was 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 poor i think ramsey jacob ramsey's race was run by January, February, he was he was tired, um, which is fair enough. First full season in Premier League football, he needed a rest. Um, again, we've talked about had some problems last season. Douglas Luiz had some problems last season. Coutinho had some problems last season. Watkins had all of the players had problems last season, and Chukwemeka couldn't get a sniff. So if I'm Chukwemeka, why the hell am I signing a new deal when the manager doesn't trust me in a midfield which is bloody terrible for for a large portions of last season? Now I think. The, um, the, the the truth of the matter is, in the previous season, we saw, and, and the best example I can give is Jacob Jacob Ramsey. In the previous season, Jacob Ramsey made, uh, not last season, the season before, in the um, in the um, 2020, um, in, in, in the, anyway, the season before last, Dean Smith played Jacob Ramsey, <laughs> I get my years mixed up, um, and he made a number of appearances for, for Aston Villa. Um, he made, I think, 22 league appearances, six starts and a bunch of substitute appearances. And he didn't do anything. No goals, no assists. We <laughs> we, we all questioned on this show, but is this guy any good? We couldn't see what he was. Is he number eight? Is he number 10? Um, but Dean Smith persevered, used him in, in, in lots of the fixtures. And that, and those minutes didn't really bear fruit until last season when he had a breakthrough season and was brilliant for the first half of the season anyway. Um, Chokomenko was not given the same opportunity. He wasn't given six starts. He wasn't given 22 appearances. He was not given the minutes that I think he should have been given. And people say, well, he, he didn't show anything in, in the two starts that he had. Yeah, because he had two starts. And again, I'll re- refer you to Jacob Ramsey. He showed nothing really in 22 appearances in that first season. But Dean Smith persevered, persevered, persevered. And um, and 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 uh, there's no reason if you're Kani Chokomenko given that level of given that level of 
or given that lack of opportunity that he he would sign a new deal and i think that the um the the leaving him out of the of the australia tour is is <laughs> you know has to be the final straw obviously we don't know the ins and outs of it but i would have thought maybe the carrot rather than the stick for gerard maybe take him away from his agent take him across the world you know take him out for lunch have a chat with him sit down with him one to one steven gerard has a major kudos and just having that one-to-one time with him in Australia could have been the turning point for him but Gerard made a different choice and now Ch- Chukwemeka will be leaving and I think he's going to go on to, to great things and I think Villa, Villa have squandered an asset who I think is going to go to the very top and we're going to lose him for basically nothing and that sucks. I agree with with a lot Craig said there in terms of talent. The squandered bit is the bit that I struggle with. Like, fair enough, he's not started enough games, but but this is the ecosystem of modern football. We plucked him away from, was it Northampton, if I remember correctly? I can't remember who it was, for peanuts. Yep. Someone will pluck it from us from peanuts. We're, we're not top of the food chain. This is going to happen, especially as we are hoovering up more and more young talents. I mean, this, this summer again, we've plucked players from Scotland. Last year, we were plucking players from Derby. Like, this is what happens in the modern game and I think I don't think Chuck Wamenka necessarily wants to be at Aston Villa I'm not sure he ever necessarily wanted to be at Aston Villa he just saw it as a stepping stone and that's not not to criticise the lad he thought he was going to get in that side get minutes and move on to something bigger that hasn't happened for him so why stagnate your career hanging around I think the fact that the likes of AC Milan, Barcelona, Dortmund are in for him speaks of his talent. The fact that he's not at any of those clubs maybe speaks towards his temperament and he's still got a lot to prove. But this is modern football. We've seen it happen before. He may go on and have a stellar career. He may disappear down the, the Freddie Adu abyss that, that kind of opens up for young midfielders. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but if he doesn't want to be at Villa, he doesn't want to be at Villa. We might cash in on him. We might get compensation. Either way, he's not our youth product. I'm less fussed about it than if it was a Jacob Ramsey even, for example. We we plucked him from someone else. Someone will pluck him from us. It's it's just the merry-go-round of, of the business of football, which isn't pleasant, but that's what it is. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm kind of on the other side. I always think, you know, it's the manager's call, really. The manager lives or dies on these decisions, and, and Steven Gerrard, you know, as much as we can say he should give opportunities for players, um, he won't be given the opportunity if he doesn't achieve his 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 uh, targets this season. Will he? He'll be out the door. So, I think um, there's limited time for a manager. They can't necessarily, you know, if 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 we were if if we were in the the kind of top six, or if we didn't have particular ambitions. Um, you know, to to get to move towards the top six, and and demands, let's say, from from supporters and from owners and and all the rest of it, then perhaps he'd have a bit more leeway to be able to sort of feed players in. Um, but the fact is that young players have to have to show their commitment. They have to show their ability, which I think he does. I think he's he's he's, he's without doubt an outstanding talent. Um, and I would say as well, a lot's been said about his temperament, and I think that's really harsh because none of us know him. He doesn't do interviews. You know, we all we see is is him on a match day, and we hear about these kind of things about him wanting to go elsewhere and thinking he's he's good enough to play for Barcelona and and, and AC Milan, and it get it, you know it gets it gets to fans that that kind of that kind of talk. But we don't know that. We don't know. 
what's what's going on in his head and what what he thinks he wants or or deserves or whether it's 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 more his agent pushing him we just we we have no idea so we probably should and if i've you know i'm i've maybe had thoughts or said things about about his his commitment or his temperament you know none of us know none of us know the lad do we so we have to be a bit careful with that he's a very very good player he's a top prospect um but at, but at Premier League level, whether he's started games or come on in games, you can see his talent, but he doesn't really affect games yet. Um, you know, so for him, I think the thing for him or for the, 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 the inference being that he wants to go and play for Barcelona, if he can't really affect the game for 14th place Aston Villa, how's he going to... How's he going to make an impact at Barcelona? Because that's what he wants. He's not. He, he wants first team football. Most 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 young players, if they want first team football, they're looking down the ladder, aren't they? Um, you know, for experience. But we can't say that he had an opportunity. We can't say that he was given a fair crack like Ramsey was the season before. He had two starts. I think one for Smith, one for Gerard, and and some sporadic substitute appearances I, I can't say that he was ever given a run and you know it, it, like Ramsey was yeah, that's true. for him to have let us down no, you, that's true I don't think he, got, he had a you'd chance you'd think that last season was the only time he'd get a run too that last six games nothing ended the season we weren't going down we weren't getting into Europe as as Craig said JJ's legs were done and McGinn hadn't had a great season if he can't get into a team then You've got to understand that he's questioning whether he'll ever get in the team. But you're right on the point about his temperament, Andy. I kind of, it's all too easy to fall into the shorthand of thinking we know what players are thinking, and and I was guilty of it there. But we we just don't. We literally don't. But I'd say the one silver lining is there'll always be a Chuck Womenka at the club because his brother's still there, isn't he? So Caleb can step up to the plate. <laughs> Well, I think the, the, the I mean, I, in terms of the temperament and the attitude stuff, if Chuck Womenka is the, is, is, he's hailed as probably the most talented prospect coming through since, since Grealish. And we definitely saw some temperament and attitudinal things with Grealish. I'm yet to see any pictures of, uh, of Chuck Womenka in a club with recreational drugs. I'm yet to see any pictures of Chocomenka passed out on the floor in a, in a, in a, in a Zanti uh, um, street or so on and so forth. So from, from what I've seen, and again, I don't know him, none of us know him. He's nothing but professional. He's trusted to captain his country um, at various points in the successful um, under 19 uh, campaign. Seems to be a diligent and hardworking individual. I I've, seen nothing to suggest otherwise yeah I mean we'll we'll have to see how it plays out I think I think it is the end of the road I think he will go obviously prefer him to to go this summer for a a fee you know but I think talk of 20 million or 15 million is is way off there's no way we're getting anything like that you know if we get a couple of million um, we'll have done well out of this situation because he can literally walk away for for peanuts uh, next Best summer. case scenario for Villa now is is to sell him for 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 those peanuts and and try and slide mm-hmm. a buyback clause in, or at least if not a buyback, a sell on clause. So yeah. if he does go on to fulfil his potential, as we hope he does, at least Villa get to participate in that financially. Yeah, absolutely, I think that's I think that's correct. Um, so what about the, uh, the 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 transfer window? Um, 
Guys, five five signings so far, if we include uh, Coutinho and, and Olsen making their loan moves permanent. I mean, really, we've talked about all the signings because <laughs> they happened so quickly at the end of uh, last season that we, 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 we got them in before we, we packed up for the summer. But we have since then signed uh, Ludwig Augustinsson um, on loan from Sevilla, um, which seems like a, a fairly astute signing, a bit of a backup for, for Luca Dean. Um, what what do you make of 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 the summer business? I suppose so far, and do you think there there will be others coming in, or is it a case of outgoings and before incomings, Craig? Yeah, I think we've we've seen with the um, with with the the news today that the archers coming in. I think that probably puts the the archers staying. Should I say that puts the kibosh on any any uh, striker incomings, which I think makes sense because in order to upgrade on Ings or Watkins, you probably have to spend forty fifty million pounds, and then they're going to be starters, and 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 that doesn't seem like the kind of deal that Villa are looking to do. And plus, then you have the, the issue of is a striker of that kind of ilk going to be prepared to come to a 14th place Premier League outfit? And um, so to give the youth a chance, this is why we have invested so heavily in the youth setup so we can bring people like Archer through and, and give, an, give them an opportunity. So I don't see a, a striker coming in. Rumours are abound that we are still after a central midfielder. Um, but lots has gone quiet and apparently we need we need, we need need the outgoings, as you say. I think the business is good. If we do nothing else, we do have some, as Daniel says, like new signings, <laughs> insert that cliche. Uh, Morgan Sanson comes to mind. Leon Bailey, we've already mentioned. Um, also, Esri Konza was kind of out of sorts last season, but hopefully he's coming back to, to his best to to provide a real real competition for places at centre-back. And also, uh, Luca Dean, a fourth preseason in his belt. Philip Coutinho, full preseason under his belt. Buendia, a year under his belt. So hopefully all these players that uh, have incredible ability between them can, can mesh and grow and and, and, and continue to, to push us forward. Yeah, I, the transfer business has been great, but our professionalism has made the summer a little bit boring. Like everyone was in, as you say, before we before we packed up for the summer. And it's as much as it's the, the right way to go about running a football team, it makes being a fan pretty boring. But... Uh, I think we're going to see departures. I think we've got a bloated squad. I think I'd be surprised to see a midfielder coming in. I think Louise is going to sign all the evidence points towards that. Yay! And, and just to pick, I think he's going to. I mean, you don't have that much coverage of him on the club's social media accounts without him going to sign a contract. There'd have been a message from above to say, you know, just quietly ditch him. Let's showcase another player. I think he's going to be signing. But just to pick up uh, Andy's point, I think Augustus Augustusson. I thought you were about to say Augustus uh, Glute then. (laughs) Augustus Glute from Sevilla was a great signing. But no, I think it's it's a smart signing. It reminds me a lot of the Olsen pickup last year in that it's not a sexy position back up left back. He's not going to be starting many games. We could have gone out and, and spanked 14 million on Aaron Hickey like Brentford have just done as a backup left back. But this way we sign a proven professional who, if he works out, great. If he doesn't, you know, so long go back to your parent club. It's a it's a try before you buy for a position that you don't really want to be spending much money in. And as I say, the Olsen transfer, I think, is a smart template of how to do that business. So, uh, I mean, I'm getting excited about it because it's the only transfer we've had in in weeks. So I'm, I'm letting myself get excited about that. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a panic signing if we start the season badly and we're not getting the goals. I would not be surprised to see a panic signing, but I think we need to shift some of the, the bomb squad mark two uh, before that happens. I think there's going to be two more. 
honestly Ooh. think there's going to be Ooh. a couple more. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. Um, I just have a feeling. I, like you say, with the I was, I was going to going to ask you about Douglas Louise. Um, with him staying, you know, the, the the midfield is 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 still quite full, isn't it? You know, but there's always room for something. For, for an improvement, isn't there? And you know whether one or two guys are sort of hanging around still, you know, and they will go if 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 something else if if someone else comes comes in the door. I'm not sure, but I'm I'm I don't know. I'm I still think there's there's work to do. We were expecting quite a big overhaul. I, I can remember last season we were we were we were expecting. You know, several leaving. You know, first team players and uh, and all that. But but no one's really gone apart from Matt, Matt Target um, and Trezeguet, of course, Dan. Um, oh. And obviously, we're expecting more to go. But they're they're not really what you would call. You know, they're they're not really first teamers, are they? I just wanted to. I just wonder whether you know what you think about the outgoings and you know some of the talk as well that. Guys like Traore and Gilbert are, are currently training with the with the under twenty threes. What, what what do you make of that kind of situation? I don't know if we've got time to go <laughs> into the bomb squad. I know Craig and I have pretty strong views on 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 how criminal it is to be deliberately depreciating the value of your assets, but I, I think it's clear we need to get rid of some players. The wage bill is is growing and growing, and I think the the squad is pretty bloated at the moment and. I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Jared's been told he needs to sell before he buys, but it's not a good look to have the bomb squad posting pictures of themselves on social media. It's not a good look to have a bomb squad and, and a bunch of players who know they're on the way out. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure I, I can handle going too far into it, but I think we're going to sell some more before we buy. And, and I'm sure Andy will be glad to see Freddie Gilbert go. I, I want to go into it, but I'm going to be as succinct as I can. Uh, in January 2017... Steve Bruce came out and said that uh, Ross McCormick was missing training because he couldn't get over his gate. And in that one interview, Steve Bruce knocked millions of pounds of value off an asset that we had. It sounds crazy now because of where Ross McCormick ended up. But when we signed him for 10, 12 million pounds, whatever it was, he was one of the best strikers in the league. And in that January, had we shifted him, had Bruce had come out and said something different, Maybe he said, hey, you know, the previous manager signed this guy. He doesn't fit into into the into the way we play. So we're going to listen to offers. Maybe we could have recouped some money from Ross McCormick, which sounds crazy in hindsight, but he he was really good in the championship once upon a time. I promise you, he was. So by doing that, by that interview, he depreciated an asset. And when you throw the bomb squad, as Lambert did and now as Gerard has done, when you send first team players to train with the reserves like Freddie Gilbert, who had a very good season in league, uh, and Traore, who had a write-off last season, but this uh, because he was of injury the previous season, very respectable. I think seven goals, six assists, more than Danny Ings managed last year. So again, not like he's some kind of joker, Traore. When you send people of that kind of ped- pedigree to to the bomb squad to train with the kids, you immediately are advertising to every other club that we are we are 
we are open. We are. We are. We, 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 we just kill their value. So it's it's misconduct in my view. I I really dislike it, and it really irritates me because it's not necessary. Now I will throw in the caveat: if Gilbert or Traore or Chocomenga, for that matter, have been playing up or exhibiting attitude problems or or been problematic around the group, which we don't know. If that has been the case, then Gerard is absolutely right. Let me say that and put that in there because that's important. However, if they are, if he's just throwing them out the door like that because he, he just doesn't fancy them, um, to me that that is is really borderline criminal, and 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 it's it, you just don't do it. It really annoys me. You see, I'm, I think there's another reason why, and and we're calling it a bomb squad. I think. You know, I think back to Paul Lambert's bomb squad, and that was a proper bomb squad. That was seven <laughs> or eight lads that were first team players, you know, who were who were training on their own. They weren't even training with the youth team. They were, you know, training on their own, and um, you know, players that international players. You know, it was, it was it was it was crazy to think about it, really, considering how much we struggled in that period as well. But it could be that these players are. Um, Waiting for moves. Moves are happening. You know, Gilbert, um, Traore. It's 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 done. It's it's agreed. You know, they're not going to be part of Aston Villa this season. So whether they're going out on loan or whether they're they're going on permanent moves, they're not they're not going to be involved. So I think it's fairly common practice and, and quite reasonable that they they shouldn't necessarily be involved with the first team, but. Having said that, they need to keep fit. They need to they need to stay stay in shape because things can fall through and they could be drafted back in. Um, I don't think it's a case of they've been banished. I've seen that that word flying around on 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 Twitter from people that are meant to be proper journalists, and you know that it's it's not that it's not necessarily the case. Find if you're going to be used that word, find out if that's true. Find out if Steven Gerrard has said, I don't want you near me, go and train with the kids. You know, I very much doubt that's true. Maybe in, maybe in Carney's case it might be, but um, I think they're probably waiting for moves and therefore they're, they're not training with the first team because you, you don't need them. You don't want them involved. It's not good for them either, you know, because they might get if, injured. You know, it's, if, it's, if the it's, if, if if you're correct and the moves are agreed, then then surely they're not training altogether. But when when they're when and this is was this ten days ago, a week ago, um, Gilbert posted that. Apparently, he flew back from Australia on a different plane. And again, the may I want to be really clear: there may be disciplinary issues, uh, which we're not privy to in which case Gerard's done the absolutely right thing by removing them from the group you don't want any toxic uh, personalities but my overriding view is if the moves agreed it's agreed and they're and they're and they're and they're gone and they're you know but they're not they're still here and um while we're negotiating those exits presumably those values have just decreased on those three players and that to me is is silly i'm not sure they had much value I don't know how much this adds to it. It's more of a football cliches kind of things. But players are only ever banished to the under-23s. It's like Tyrone Mings was stripped of his captaincy. It's, you know, in inverted commas. He's not just taking the captain's away. You can only be stripped of it and you can only be banished to the under-23s. It's, it's one of those words that you'll only see in games of Dungeons and & Dragons and players being demoted <laughs> to the under-23s. There's, there's no other place where it exists. No, I know. That's it. No one wants to be banished. <laughs> 
No, they're, they're not coming back. They're, they're dead to us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I would have banished Gilbert about six months after he signed. So, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's one of those. Traore is an interesting one. Um, and when we talk about value, I just don't think these guys really hold an awful lot of value. You know, anyway, Traore's, no one's going to be paying 17 million for Traore, which is what we paid Leon for him there or thereabouts. Um, and Gilbert, I mean, was he, he's, 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 must be in his last year of his contract. So, you know, he's, he's, he's going on a free, isn't he? No one's paying for him. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. But I do agree. I mean, certainly you're right in the Ross McCormack case. That was a, that that was a huge thing at the time and you know that that sent his value from 12 million down to about 5p i think um no one wanted him after that so uh we'll see i mean you know we'll see see what happens but i think there's certainly a few to a few a few um things to be done um and of course we'll wait and see on Douglas Louise just on just on Douglas Louise do you do you expect him to to sign a new contract then uh Craig first. Yeah, um, after after what we're, we're hearing, I always hoped he would. Um, uh, shameless plug for, for the article I wrote also on the website about Douglas Louise. I think yeah. Douglas Louise <laughs> is about to blossom from caterpillar into a butterfly. I think we kind of endured his uh, spotty, acne-riddled, uh, too big for his own body, awkward teenage years. And now he's about to blossom into a beautiful young man and, and, and this beautiful butterfly. And he's going to He's, he's ready to go. 100 Premier League appearances under his belt. He's going to be free from the shackles of defensive midfield, freed by Kamara. And he has an opportunity now to, to move forward, grow and develop into the midfielder that we all hope he can become. Also a player uh, like Tyron Mings, who is trying to stake a claim for a, a, a spot at the World Cup. And I think that the um, he would certainly start for me in my midfield uh, in Bournemouth. And, I, and I, I hope he stays because, again, I think he's, he's, ready, to, he's ready to explode. Boom. <laughs> As I say, I think if you read between the lines, it looks like he's staying. And I think it, it looks like we might tactically shift to something a bit more akin to, to Klopp's Liverpool. You have a hard-working midfield free. And and given Ramsey's struggles in pre-season, I think then, then Luis is going to start the season. I think he's the perfect player to have in there and frees up those fullbacks to get forwards. And, and I think alongside Kamara and McGinn could be a really good midfield for us. So, yeah, fingers crossed he sticks around. It looks very much like he's going to partly because Mourinho and Roma seem like they've lost interest as well, so there's no takers for him. Yeah, it's, Milan were looking at him as well, weren't they? Um, which must have been a, you know... But again, you know, I think I think he's he's in a good place and he seems really happy from, from all the content that we're seeing. He's got, you know, he's got some Brazilian friends... Um, <laughs> With him now, hasn't he? And I think he looks, he you know, he looks, he looks like he's enjoying life. And if he can be given that that role that he seems to want, and that people think, despite playing playing a hundred games for Villa at number six, he apparently wasn't a number six, um, and he's actually a, a number eight. So we'll see how he does. And you know, it's it's a, it's a big it's a big season for him. I think you think he's because it, it's going to be difficult, more difficult for him to hold his place um, in the mm-hmm. side. Um, this season, I think, but we must we must move on. Finally, we've got a game to uh, to, to preview, and we we're going to Bournemouth away, um, which uh, harks back, of course, to the uh, <laughs> the relegation season and uh, the one nil win when everything was rosy at the start of the season that year. Um, 
But obviously Bournemouth newly promoted um, after a couple of years in the Championship. Uh, manager Scott Parker um, hasn't done an awful lot of business. I think they've let a few players go. Um, and he's been bemoaning the fact that uh, he doesn't really have a defence to pick at the weekend, which must should be music to Ollie Watkins' ears. Um Going into that one, looking to to get on the score sheet, um, I think they got a few a few of the old guard there, and of course, um, you know Dominic Solanke and and, and uh, Welsh hero uh, Kiefer Moore up front. Um, be obviously a tricky game down there. Uh, always seems to be um, down at Bournemouth. Um, but what do you see Gerard going with? What what what's your starting eleven and your formation um, for 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 this one, guys? Dan first. I hate these games. It's a hide into nothing, <laughs> isn't it? Like a team that's come up, their place will be bouncing. We're expected to win. They'll be up for it. It's, it's a horrible, horrible start to the season. But I think Villa will come through it. I, I expect us to play incredibly dull possession football and come out of a 1 0 win, which is exactly what I think Gerard's planning for the opening weeks of the season. In terms of lineup, probably the 11 that started against Run. Ren, Run. I don't know what the French pronounce here. Rens. Rens. Uh, but uh, Rens, <laughs> I'll butcher that. But yeah, I think probably the 11th, the only change might be Concer out, Mings in. Um, 4 3 3, probably not the Christmas tree, probably something more akin to a traditional 4 3 3. And, and yeah, I, I, I expect us to play dull possession football, but our quality will ultimately tell in the end. But. Um, yeah, Dominic Solanke is going to be an interesting interesting test for Carlos in his first game. I think he's he's an underrated striker and I think could cause us a few troubles. But, but yeah, it's, it's a horrible, horrible game to start the season. I could disagree. I think it's about as easy a game. I, I watched some of the, the their, uh, their preseason highlights and, and Scott Parker's right. They are all at sea defensively. They are they're a calamity. Um, so it, it should be fill your boots time for 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 the strikers. I think that, um, and again, this is this is where we have to start setting a new standard now. If we're going to be a new Aston Villa, an Aston Villa that has Philip Coutinho in the team, and an Aston Villa that has Diego Carlos and Kamara and is looking for European football, we can't be shilly-shallying around with this. We can't be doing what we did last season on the opening day at Watford and go and get spanked by a newly promoted team who are just a little bit crap and relegation fodder. If we're going to be serious, let's start as we mean to go on. Um, they're, they're not in a good moment at Bournemouth. And um, and, and let's give them, let's go to their place. Um, maybe maybe be under the cost for the first you know, 20, 25 minutes because they're, they're newly promoted and, and the... Um, you know, the fans will be up for it, but I mean, Bournemouth is hardly a, a cauldron at the best of times. So it's not like, you know, it should be too hard to, to weather the storm there. So um, yeah, go, go give them a hiding. My, my starting 11 would be uh, Martinez, Cash, uh, Diego Carlos, Mings, Dinia, the back four, midfield three of uh, Kamara, McGinn, Douglas Louise, and a front three of Coutinho on the left, Buendia on the right, and Bailey as the number nine, as the striker. And, um, that's based on um, and 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 I think I think they won't be able to live with them. I think the quick interchange, Bailey with the through balls, Wendia, Coutinho. I think we'll we'll give them we'll give them we would give them a hiding. Obviously, that's not going to be the, the eleven that Gerard picks, <laughs> but um, I'm really confident for this game, and I think it's a really good opportunity to lay down a marker against really a team that are, I would imagine, in serious relegation trouble. Quite frankly, yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think. I th- I mean that's that sounds like a really a really exciting front three, 
almost kind of a, a false nine, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of that, but I think he will. I've got a feeling he might go with Danny Ings up front. I think I think Bailey will start and Coutinho. I think Danny Ings will start up front, and I think um, midfield Kamara, Louise, and um, and McGinn, like you say. Um, I just wonder whether whether Konza or Chambers will start in, instead of Mings. I think Carlos might might be the left side left sided defender, and um, Chambers or Konza. Uh, we'll start in the middle, and then obviously Cash and Dean as the uh, as the as the wing backs. Martinez in goal, so I think uh, it doesn't pick itself, and I'm 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 pleased by that. I don't want the team to pick itself this year. I want I want there to be scope for a lot of changes, and I think the five subs will will kind of help with that in, to some degree because you can rotate players more and 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 give players. You know different roles in the match day squad, which I think is 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 really important. And I think it's a great way of, you know, of, of making sure players stay fit. I'm not a fan of necessarily having five subs, but I think you've got to use it to your advantage. And it was something that Gerard wanted, so hopefully he he uh, makes the most of it tactically as well. So um, looking forward to seeing how that plays out. But guys, one last thing: do you want to give us a, a prediction, Dan first? 1-0 Villa. Uh 3-1 Villa. 3-1 Villa. I'm going to go I'm going to go 2-0 Villa. I think we'll get an early goal and uh it'll be a procession on the on the coast. Lovely. Um but great great to get back into it today guys. Thanks for thanks for joining me. Really good uh, start to the season and looking forward to uh to seeing what what the season brings and what the rest of the transfer window brings as well. So um Thanks for listening, everyone, and and obviously head over to underagaslitlamp.com for all the all the latest on the um, uh, on the all the teams, the men's, women's teams, and the academy. All the latest writing, obviously Dan's piece today. Um, go and check that out. Um, that's just just come out uh, on Monday. Um, and if you're going to Bournemouth, have a, have a brilliant have a brilliant day. Um, and. Other than that, we'll be back next week to look at the Everton game. Stay safe and up the villa.